And then I walked outside and there's an old man walking by and he like walked right in front of me and farted. Uh. So loud. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. I was like, I was like, oh. Like, was, like just on top of the Yeah, house. I was literally like about to like burst into song or something and then he just like farted. <laughs> Welcome back to the We oui. podcast. I'm Casey Bell Richard. I'm Josie Bell Richard. And this is our second episode. Yeah, second episode. We've come so far. We have. We um, announced our podcast last night. Mm-hmm. And we're really, really excited to post tomorrow. Yes. So, to get us started, how about we talk about what we've been up to recently? Yeah, I, um, I'm a gardener now. Awesome. I made a garden, and today, is that, no, yesterday. Yesterday I planted my seeds, even though it's very late in the season, don't at me. (laughs) Um, I know this. I just kind of got the, the, you know, desire to start a garden, and there's some crops that are, like, hardy, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and survive the first frost, apparently. So I planted some of those, but we'll see if anything grows. But yeah, I'm a gardener. Awesome. Mm-hmm. What about you, Chris? Well, over the past weekend, I was up north with some friends. And, um, well, a funny thing, I, um, I guess a lesson I learned was that it is actually really hard to swim in like water you can't touch the bottom <laughs> so um we were at a lake and um we were like doing some tubing activities and everything but um two nights ago i guess we like actually went swimming and i was wearing a life vest and then i decided to take it off and just jump right in and it was really difficult to <laughs> stay afloat I I got a full workout in, and yeah. I now have a lot more respect for the sport of swimming. Yeah. Because, like, I went through swimming lessons and everything, but that was so long ago, and I'm pretty sure I cheated when <laughs> I, like, had to, you know, tread water or whatever. Chris is not as strong of a swimmer as I am. I thought I was a strong swimmer, and then this happened. Because <laughs> it was, like, in a lake. And yeah. I usually only swim in pools, so it's like mm-hmm. I can just go to the edge, but I yeah. couldn't go to the edge because yeah. it was in the middle of the water. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I had a really good time, so and now I know how to swim. I, I feel like <laughs> so. All right, we have to do our French word review from last episode. Oh yeah. So do you guys remember? Yeah, I hope say you guys it now. Remember. One, two, three. La piece. We did it. And do you guys piece. remember what that means? <laughs> it means like a two-cheek a kiss. two-cheek kiss. The mwah, mwah. Exactly. So, so now you guys know French, just mm-hmm. like us. We'll announce our new word at the end. We'll close the pod yeah, with the new we'll word. we'll review it at the beginning of the next one so you guys don't forget. Exactly. 
Um, so I see you got some new French books in. Mm-hmm. Yep. For the pod, I am going to... There's a, like, genre of book that is, like, very kind of corny, like, kitschy, um, like, books about how to emulate French women. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned in the last um, episode, I've had this one random one called How to Be Parisian, Wherever You Are. I've had it for a couple of years now, and I actually really enjoy that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like self-help, kind of, but it's always written in a very, like, it's a French, dramatic a French way. way. Yeah, and it's like emulating French women. We're embracing our roots. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and I bought two more of these books so we could talk about them on the pod. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate it. They're very... Um, yeah, like I said, very kitschy, but the I enjoy cover art. Is cover adorable. art is impeccable. So the one that I've started reading, I'm almost halfway done with it, is called "All You Need to Be Impossibly French" by Helena Frith Powell. And so this one, she's a British woman who moved to Paris, and it's like kind of her exploration and investigation into like what french like how french women achieve their like effortless style that is out of our many goals we have for this podcast one of them is within two years we will go to france yeah because we have to we will say hui hui in france our other girl or our other goal is to emulate the effortless beauty of a French woman mm-hmm. and to pick that up mm-hmm. because I would personally love to have to have that. Yeah. I mean, a fr- French women have this, you know, the just their style. It's like in this book, um Miss Powell, she writes like cuz she's British, so she'll or like English or whatever, so she always compares like English but she'll kind of say English and American people versus like French so she was saying like if an English woman and a French woman both were given just like a t-shirt and jeans somehow like the French woman would manage to look better right you know because they just have it's like a way of holding themselves a way of like I don't know um, and you know appearing in the world we don't know now but we're gonna learn Mm because we're researching and doing a deep dive yeah deep dive um and I actually am just like interested in general um so that's one book that I'll be talking about today and this one you guys can look forward to it it's called um French Women Don't Get Fat The Secret (laughs) of Eating for Pleasure by Michel Tuchiano Michel Tuchiano she's actually a French woman um and it I haven't started this one but apparently it has like it was like about this French woman who she came to America for, like, a couple years, and she got fat because of just our lifestyle, I guess, Mm -hmm. and then she went back to France, and her whole family was like, wow, you're really fat, (laughs) (laughs) and then she, um, she had to lose, like, 30 pounds or something, and she did it just by, like, being, like, doing her French lifestyle, which I think has a lot to do with just moving a lot, which I'll touch on from the, the Powell book as well, but just like getting a lot of motion in your day as well as like eating fruits and vegetables that are like in season and like delicious you know but you don't it's not about depriving yourself of anything like this book is literally called the secret of eating for pleasure so I don't know that's kind of where she's coming from but I think we'll talk about that in the next one because I haven't actually started reading but 
Yeah, apparently that one has a lot of recipes that maybe we could try and review on the Oh my gosh. Yes. So, look forward to that. But, so, what I want to start with in this book, um, each chapter is kind of div uh, divided into, like, a different area of life. Do the chapters have titles? Mm-hmm. Can you read them? Yeah. So... <laughs> the first one is two lipsticks and so this chapter she talks about how when she was 12 she went to Paris to visit her dad but her dad is like kind of a H W H O R E a man H-W-H ignore the first H <laughs> a whore yeah a whore <laughs> and so he's with some other woman so he sends her to to stay with one of his lovers named Sophie and she's a French woman and it's just about this um about Powell like looking at her um like you know she's 12 she's looking up at this like beautiful French woman like all her jars of creams and lotions and just how mm -hmm. she's so elegant and then um Sophie there's a quote of her she says like um all you need to be French is two lipsticks and a lover Oh, yeah. that does sound very French. Yeah, it's very French. And then Sophie's like, what are the two lipsticks? And she's like, one's for day and one's for night, of course. So yeah. that's kind of the first chapter is just kind of her, like, introducing this. Um, and kind of going over French style. And, like, this book, she interviews a lot of, like, influential French women. Like, models and CEOs of, like, beauty companies. And, and sometimes just women on the street just to get their ideas one thing that I think was very interesting that they talk about in this chapter is that French women never wear tennis shoes. Um, except for, like, t to exercise. Right. Not like a street they, shoe. Like, they wouldn't be caught dead in tennis shoes, which, I mean, if anyone is has been to France recently, you know, let us know if that's still true. I think this book might be a little old and, like, because I think... For a while, tennis shoes were kind of like the ugly thing. Yeah, they but were. But recently, recently they came back into style to wear like big chunky tennis shoes. Mm -hmm. So I'd be interested to know if that is in, going on in France. So my international friends, let me know. But I mean, because like all these women are like, I wouldn't be caught dead in tennis shoes, you know? So, mm -hmm. but a lot of and then she talks to some other like expats who are living in France and they're all like yeah I just became a lot more cognizant of what I look like and my body and like how I groom myself like mm -hmm. I think it's just a totally different mindset regarding um Hygiene. how you yeah like and how you appear like you know people in America would go out in like sweatpants whereas right. in France no that doesn't even cross anyone's mind Mm -hmm. You know, so that's some that's the first step for me. I'm going to stop like, you know, if I'm going out, mm -hmm. I have noticed myself doing this, especially with quarantine, because it's mm -hmm. like a treat to go out now. Mm -hmm. But this is my first goal. I will not leave the house looking like mm -hmm. slop mm -hmm. or dump. Mm -hmm. I will actually, you know, at mm -hmm. least have an elevated outfit. Yeah, like. I don't, I don't ever. If you catch me slipping up, let me know. <laughs> yeah. Be like, Chris, accountability group. We yeah. should start an accountability group. <laughs> a fashion accountability group. That would actually be hilarious. That would be. Okay. Let us know if, you're, know interested if you're interested in that. Because we'll already be doing it with each other. Well, I, I know we're going to touch on this later, but I studied abroad in Korea, in Seoul. And I, 
it's I, like I'm reading her this girl's experience in this book of like suddenly caring so much about her appearance because like I had the same experience when I lived in Seoul is that people there dress up every day like not dress up but you know dress you don't well. see people in sweatpants ever like girls are always in like a cute outfit and they always have their face done like mm -hmm. in, you know in general and it totally changed my mindset about it too like I'd never I, like especially after that I never wear sweatpants sweat out right. besides I guess I have one pair of like cute joggers that I wear on the rare occasion but mm -hmm. like very rare or very yeah like to the airport but that totally so like I really understand where this book is coming from because you know because like Korean beauty I think is probably the second biggest like market and like Korean fashion and that kind of thing is probably the second biggest market after like you know the French beauty fresh French fashion so mm -hmm. I like I get her feeling so it's interesting to read and I like these tips because Korean fashion I think is like not quite my personal style mm -hmm. but French fashion I I really like I think I could it's hop more, in it's more just it's like it's so classic yeah it's classic it's like a t-shirt a t-shirt jeans and like a fitted jacket you know right you just it's I, just having, I can't describe it but it's what it is is like having elevated basics mm-hmm like you like you wear a white t-shirt and jeans but they fit you perfectly right so it's like you always look very classic right but and also kind of effortless like neutral yeah neutral that's what i think and my and one had to be perfection wherever you are book they say never wear logos you're not a billboard that's good and i don't ever wear logos like mm -hmm. when i'm going out um i also think it's kind of tacky like even wearing like like a gucci t-shirt it's like what you know yeah like it's not cool as, as soon as a logo is put onto a t-shirt it loses any charm i feel like right because you remember the under armor sweatshirt phase oh yeah and it's like obviously i wanted one because everyone was wearing it mm -hmm. but i i think i ended up getting one yeah but then i was like well it doesn't mm -hmm. really have as much charm once you have one i think <laughs> that's the difference of, of between like french style is that you don't yeah, follow style, trends. not fashion. Yeah, you don't or, follow you know, those trends. Because, like, trends, you know, they come and go. And, like, now you just have that Under Armour sweatshirt that will never be cute again. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, if you would have instead... Like, that's what I've been trying to do lately is just when I need something new, like a new shirt or a new pair of pants, I buy a higher quality one and then I get rid of my old ones. And then you just have, like, all these high quality basics where it's, like, you have a small wardrobe and you pick out, like... A, your p favorite pair of jeans and you pick out like your favorite white tee but you know that they fit you great and mm -hmm. you'll look good wearing it even though it's just like a kind of a basic item mm -hmm. basic outfit so yeah but I think that's it's hard to do that though because mm -hmm. like then you go shopping and you're like oh I want that because mm -hmm. it's cheap and it's in right now mm -hmm. but then it's like you wear it like yeah. once and then it rips or it's not yeah in. yeah and it's also like then you think about like fast fashion and how it's like not sustainable or whatever mm -hmm. um yeah but my trick is i like i really like everlane mm -hmm. as you know, I know you <laughs> like everlane. but it's like you know then you're it's like higher quality basic pieces even though everlane is also kind of a sketchy company i don't really know where to go for like a non-sketchy company at this point yeah um but 
I like their basic items because they feel higher quality and then you know it's like I'd rather have one cashmere sweater than like four shitty forever 21 sweaters that I don't like wearing right you know? and that are scratchy mm -hmm. that's the worst yeah the scratchy. scratchy sweaters but, yeah, essentially that's the first chapter. That's kind of what it's the chapter. Was that two lipsticks? Oh, this was, a. I guess that was like the intro. This chapter that we were on is called The Myth of French Style. Okay. Um. So that's kind of what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Um. So the next chapter is Zen Exercise. Um, and this is a quote from Eva Green that she has at the beginning. I'm French, so I'm quite lazy about exercising, and I smoke. But I do love going for a run in the morning with my dog. That's all. So I think, um, and I've read this, and, you know, I've kind of crowdsourced from my French books. Like, it seems like French women, they don't enjoy going to the gym. They never go to the gym. Which they I think many of us can relate to. Yeah, they don't diet. You know, they just integrate movement into their life in some way mm -hmm. so whether that's like you know maybe you live in Paris and you walk everywhere or whatever or you you make sure to go on a walk or a run with your dog or your family or we've you... started to do that we go on walks yeah we lot. do go on walks so here. another French yeah check French mark one. yep or you know just like finding like taking the stairs instead of the elevator like that's mm -hmm. that's kind of how they exercise or maybe they have like a class like a yoga class yeah or like, like a spinning spinning class yeah um but this lady who says um she has somewhere in this book um like her workout routine let me find it she says despite this early setback where she's talking about her um when she tried cycling and it was bad Probably, <laughs> she yeah. says my transformation into a French exerciser goes on. I go for at least three walks a day. One of them is up a ferocious hill, which I go up and down four times when I have enough time. Every morning when I wake up, I do 50 sit-ups, 35 push-ups, and 50 bottom clenches, but all a la Francais, none of the bodybuilding jerking um, movements I used to endure in London gyms. The whole approach is somehow more zen. Wow, that so, does still sound kind of rigorous. Steep hill four times. Yeah. But, I mean, it is much more simple. It's not like, you know, the way that people Work hear exercise. Here. Like, you go to the gym and you're like, doing your reps mm -hmm. and, like, building on the muscle. Yeah. Um, It's like, it's kind of to get a lean. A lean figure, lean which figure. I think is what everyone really wants. Mm -hmm. So, um, do you want me, should I explain how she does these work? workout exercises because they're not dif they're different from what you think sure so for the sit-ups you lay on your like you lay straight on the ground and then you hold yourself up on your elbows so like your back is up off the ground uh oh and then you just do leg lifts basically oh so not a sit-up yeah i guess not i don't know why <laughs> she calls them that <laughs> you lie on your back but raise your body on your elbows you then lift both legs in the air Hold your stomach in and then lower them slowly to the ground. So it's like bring Pilates back movements. Right. Yeah, basically. I really like Pilates. I like Pilates too. I haven't too. done it in a while. I like Pilates. Because my like, gal stopped going live. I think I've never enjoyed those like high intensity, like lots of jumping and hitting. I like it sometimes. I don't but... like it. I've never liked it. Yeah. Like I tried doing that Chloe Ting workout. 
Oh, yeah. And I, like, about died. I was like, <laughs> I cannot. Like, because it's, like, all, like, burpees and oh. um, jumping things. Yeah. Like, I just For hate that kind of thing. home workouts, I'd rather keep mm-hmm. it simple. Yeah, I like Pilates because it's, but like... burpees, hell no. Yeah. Heck no. Burpees can suck my ass. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if you do these kind of things like these easy little exercises it does kind of lean out your muscle and then you're walking a lot mm-hmm. to like get cardio i guess yeah um do you want me to tell you the next she says to do that one 25 times then um you the next set you start in the same position but lift and lower alternate legs so you kind of like um yeah scissor butterfly or whatever thing. yeah and then for the push-ups you do them against the wall, like, you know, wall push-ups. Oh. And you just stand two feet away and do it like that. Hmm. Um, which I do anyways because I'm weak. I, it's kind of crazy. Some of these tips, I'm like, oh, wow, I already do that. I'm so French. <laughs> but, and then the other one is just the booty bridges, like, where you lay down oh, and lift yeah. your ass up. I mean, your butt up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I couldn't do a push-up. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I can. For, like, not. I can now. I'm so proud. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do a push-up at all until... You can do a push-up? Yeah. Well, I'm pretty good at them. I can't do push-ups. But I couldn't do them until ninth grade, like, at mm-hmm. all, which everybody else could, so I don't... Yeah. Like, in gym, like, uh-huh. girls could do pull-ups. I still can't. I always wondered that. I was like that, too, in, like, gym and volleyball and all like, my sports. How? Like, we would be doing the exercises, and everyone could just do a push-up, and I was like, are you guys it lifting on the simple, side? But like, if you can't do it, it's really hard. I was like, are you guys like lifting on the side without me or something? And they're not. They just are naturally stronger than me. Yeah, I, don't... I think I'm just naturally very delicate. Yeah, it's our French roots. Yeah, but so in ninth grade, every time, like every night before I got in the shower or before I went to bed or whatever, mm-hmm. I, I forced myself to mm-hmm. like work and do my push-ups. Mm-hmm. And so now I can, like, obviously I was able to do it after a while, mm-hmm. but I was, like, so proud of that. And, yeah, that's like, cool. yeah, that's a big moment for mm-hmm. me. <laughs> the thing is that I don't really care about being strong. Like, I just want to look, um, like, lean and sexy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want to look strong, and I don't really care if I can, like, because, like, I, yeah, would, I wouldn't like, want to be bulky. I don't need to, like, lift things. Like, I have a boyfriend to lift things for me. Right. Like, and so that's, I don't need that's to... the French mindset. <laughs> I don't need to be strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I feel like these kind of exercises are things that I could do. And she says she just does them when she wakes up. And I feel like it's simple enough where you just do three things. Mm-hmm. And then you go on with your day. Right. I feel like I could fit that into my routine, especially because you're laying down for most of it. <laughs> That's going to be our new challenge. Yeah. Oh, my God. We're, French girl workout we're challenge. We're going to do, Josie and I are going to do this French girl workout challenge. We'll do the moves every day mm-hmm. for, yeah. like, 30 days. Yeah, let's try and see. And then we need to go on a walk at least every day. We'll go on a walk every day, mm-hmm. and we'll do those moves mm-hmm. for we'll 30 see. days. We'll see what happens. I haven't even gotten to, like, you know, the whole diet, the French diet. But we'll for right. sure in- implement the exercise. We'll, yeah. So wait, can you repeat them for us? Yeah, I'll repeat them. Okay. Um, 50 sit-ups, which are those like Pilates type sit-ups. Go back if you need to hear me explain them again. Mm-hmm. Um, 35 push-ups against the wall. 
and 50 bottom clenches, which are just those booty bridges where you lay down with your... Did I explain this one? Do people... Do you know? Are it's just bridges? a bridge. It's I guess I learned bridge. them as booty bridges <laughs> when I first... Yeah, bridges. So a bridge is when you lay on your back mm -hmm. and um, you have mm -hmm. your knees bent and you um, leave your shoulder blades on the ground and you mm -hmm. lift up like with your ass. Mm -hmm. To make so, like a to make like a straight line. Mm -hmm. They're actually knees. really hard if you have to do single leg because I yeah. had to do mm -hmm. rehab for my knee and oh boy I was like shaking like yeah crazy. I always shake when I do it with just one one leg is really yeah it's an extra mm -hmm. burn we'll tell you that yeah and then she says she also says pelvic floor muscles are a good thing to exercise when you're bored mm -hmm. so I think that's just you like she, you just sit and you like flex your pelvic yeah. floor I don't know how mm -hmm. to describe it but once you do it you just you know flex how to your do butt it. kind of and hold in your stomach she said Mm -hmm. So just like she said when she's bored at like a dinner party or like out somewhere at a restaurant, she'll just flex her, those muscles. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> it's actually hard. I'm doing it as we speak. But I feel like that is like a very doable kind of exercise to implement. We start tomorrow. Okay. And that'll also be an accountability group. <laughs> yeah. So we'll elevate our outfits. Mm -hmm. And we'll be yeah. doing our, we'll just, you know, we'll just I, do right when we wake up. Mm -hmm. And you know, the Wee Wee podcast is just about elevating. Yeah. It's taking what One you have word. and elevating it. Elevate. Cultivating yourself and elevating yourself. That's what we stand for here. Yeah, it is. We're trying to figure it out, but I think we did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, The next chapter is kind of, um, I'd never had thought about this. This kind of blew my mind. And it left me wanting to spend a lot of money on a matching underwear set. <laughs> <laughs> this chapter is called The Secret Weapon. Um, and it's about how French women spend more on, like, nice undergarments. Like, and having... And they always wear matching bra and underwear. It's like m having matching socks. Right. Well, yeah, I mm -hmm. guess I didn't and really so, think about it like and that. And they spend, and it's kind of like wearing like almost lingerie type things under your clothes. And they say it's so you just, you look in the mirror and you feel good about your body when you're getting dressed. Mm -hmm. And like you can go throughout your day just like knowing like I am I look sexy under my clothes. Like you, you feel good about yourself all day because you know what's mm -hmm. underneath. And it's mm -hmm. just like, and it's not even for like men or like, you know, pleasing your lovers it's for like the woman to feel good and sexy mm -hmm. and so she went into this author went into like these famous lingerie stores in France and like I don't know like people will spend a lot of money on these sets but they just it makes you feel good and I feel like here it's like you That's only wear that kind of stuff for like a special mm -hmm. treat but, like, they're they, that's, like, what's under their clothes. And so, because they wear them like that, you know, French women, like, the consumer has demanded that they're, like, they're very comfortable and they fit well and they make you, like, look good. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. And America, like after, you're far behind. Yeah, I know. Well, she said, like, even, it's, like, kind of only a French thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, she said that French women who live abroad will, like, come back to France to, like, stock up on their like underwear and underwear sets mm. to go back because that you can't find the level of like 
quality and comfort anywhere else. Wow. So That's when we go we'll to, France, to get when we're in France, yeah, we go to stock up on that. <laughs> but that it's like that that was another chapter where I had never even like kind of thought about. Right. That's like that. second like nobody mm-hmm. does. When it's that like here. second nature to them. Mm-hmm. The next chapter is um never mind the Botox. This one was all about um thoughts on like plastic surgery and kind of aging. Mm-hmm. Um so she said and this was talked about in my other book as well, how to be petitional wherever you are. Mm-hmm. Um they say like for the most part and I this is another one where I don't know how dated it is. Because I think, you know, as time goes by, Botox and... Let me do that right now. But I think as time goes on, you know, people get more comfortable with, like, Botox and cosmetic surgeries and stuff. Mm -hmm. Let me find it. This is from 2006. That's not that long ago. It's, like, 15 years almost. Well, yeah, but you were making it sound like it was, like, the 80s. But, no, I mean, like... Yeah, I'm in sure our global era. I mean, I my that. Parisian book, um, I think it's from 2014, and there they say, like, women will get some Botox, but not until they're, like, 50, at least. Okay. Like, they don't get it young or get fillers or get, like, in general, obviously, there's exceptions. And, like, I don't even know if this is true, but this is just what my book <laughs> says. This is what the book says. Um, but for the most part, it's, co- it's more about, like, aging gracefully and about like for like younger people it's about like protecting your skin with sunscreen mm-hmm. and like eating healthy and having healthy habits so like as you age you know um you can you still like have a grace about you because they say like you know in kind of our culture like women are like afraid to age yeah because it's, like, it's afraid like, of a wrinkle yeah and like which afraid. you're guilty of that i am afraid of getting <laughs> wrinkles but, <laughs> but i feel like i'm too young to have them i'm only 22 True. which yeah. so it's like valid because like if i see i start to get a wrinkle i just am like i go harder on my like sunscreen because it's like oh i haven't been wearing enough mm-hmm. or i haven't been like diligent enough with my sun care which i've i wear, have worn sunscreen every day on my face and neck mm-hmm. and Me hands too. since i was like 19 okay i wear sunscreen on my face not my hands um but um i used to be very like obsessive about it but now it's just kind of like it's part of my routine but um so and then they say like if you meet like an older woman in france like she'll still look just as gorgeous and elegant as Mm -hmm. like any younger french woman like because it's another thing it's like how she carries herself it's how she dresses how she speaks like and over there like a lot of french men even like older women okay because like um there's one quote in this book that was like um younger women demand too much and are too like Mm -hmm. it's just like one guy that she talked to that liked like older women i guess so which is weird because here older people are looked mm-hmm. at as like I disgusting. No offense, but yeah. gross. Yeah, which I is don't so think weird. they're gross because yeah, they have either. like a wealth of knowledge, mm-hmm. and we're just stupid kids. Yeah. So yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's just because our culture is like once you get old, like mm-hmm. you buy a wrinkle cream, cover that up. Yeah, and like it seems like French mm-hmm. people are like, you know, it's embrace aging with it, grace. still yeah. dress well, mm-hmm. you know. Don't yeah, give up. don't let yourself go. 
Okay, so I found this quote and it's from, um, uh, I, I don't know how to say this. She's like the most famous French model in like the world. I, Inez de la Fressange. She's like so, like I've read her name, but I've just never said That's it. That's pronounced Inez. Inez de la Fressange. She's like the most famous French, she's like the first supermodel, I think. Okay. Um, but she says, um, this is her quote and I feel the exact same. And I love this quote. I'm going to like put it on my wall. I'm often surprised to see how badly people take care of themselves. It's not a question of money. Everyone can afford a bottle of shampoo, she says. I'm, so <laughs> I'm sometimes tempted to go up to women and ask why they don't make an effort. If you invite people for dinner, you tidy your house up. Why not make the same effort for yourself? I That's love so that. true. I, I feel that. I feel that way too because mm -hmm. like when I see people who don't mm -hmm. like you know, like for a dance or something, like don't curl their hair or don't yeah. put makeup on. It's like for me, it's mm -hmm. like that's an event. Yeah, it's just a, it's really shows the difference in like cultures that we have. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this French way, like it just it just it's like rude to me. Like when people don't put in any effort. Right. It's I guess rude it is to yourself rude. and it's rude to, it shows that you don't care about presenting yourself mm -hmm. in a way that's like, you know, the best that you can be or like right. to show that you're trying. Gotta look sharp. Like our yeah. grandpa. Yeah. Our grandpa um, very sharp. Our grandpa Bruce, he um always dresses his best. Mm -hmm. I didn't really notice it until I saw a picture of him like mm -hmm. just on a casual day and I was like, Wow, mm -hmm. he is always dressed his best. Yeah. Another quote that I love that I, I need to write these down. Um, this is from, I think it's from a novel. She said, in Francois Sagan's book, Bonjour, Tristesse. Maybe I should try to learn how to pronounce French words <laughs> if we're going to continue. Um, Cecile, the young heroine, sums up the French attitude extremely well. She says, I felt vaguely uncomfortable with anyone devoid of physical charms. Their resignation to the fact that they were unattractive seemed to me somehow indecent. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't think that anyone... Nobody wants to look like crap. And no one, like, is just inherently, like, unable to look good. Right. It's, like, it's all about the effort you put in. I always say this, like, every man could look so much better if he just, like, you know, got a haircut, maybe shaved a little, and got a cute pair of glasses. Exactly. The glasses really are everything to mm -hmm. me. That's what attracted me to my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. If he would have had ugly glasses, I would not have given him a second look. And I hate to say that, but that's <laughs> the truth. Like, because not just because of, like, not to be, like, I don't know, vain or whatever, but the glasses aren't just, like, you know, how you look. It shows that you know what's in and style. You care. And you care enough to, like, keep yourself up mm -hmm. a little bit. Like, I don't know. I I really enjoy this uh, these quotes. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, I feel so like validated because I th I always feel kind of rude thinking this, and I guess it is kind of rude to judge people on appearances, but also that's how right. our, our society works. We have a works. very visual society. Mm -hmm. I'm the always, most visual learner, and we always everything. have. You know, like you always judge people based on what they look like. Right. Like, yeah, first impression, obviously, mm -hmm, what you mm -hmm, look like. Mm -hmm. You see that before you even yeah. talk. And once again, this has nothing to do with, like, how you were born, like, what your facial structure is and what... Yeah, it's just how you it's, dress. It's how you present yourself. Mm -hmm. And that anyone can do that. Right, even if you, like, think you have an, mm -hmm. a, a bad-looking body and mm -hmm. face, 
that really yeah, doesn't like make any difference. Any body type, any shape, any, you know, anything you can, and it's, it really is another element. You can element. elevate anything. You can elevate, and any, I think, um, or I mean, I think the kind of, another concept of French style is looking at yourself, like, what body type you have, what skin tone you have, what, like, undertones you have, what, like, I don't, there's lots of YouTube videos about this, um, but like finding your colors that look good on you. Because mm -hmm. I think, you know, beauty companies and fashion companies, they try to sell this like one style, one, size one, fits all. one look. And I think, you know, it's kind of diversifying now, which is good because I think mm -hmm. true style and French style is about like, finding what makes you personally look good like it's very personal and individual mm -hmm. like you can't find you know your personal style at forever 21 i think right because or those clothes you can mm -hmm. yeah it's like maybe the mold girl that they like modeled it after ken but mm -hmm. like for me i personally love warm colors like i love like peach mm -hmm. and then i also really love like maroon but i've learned that i have cool undertones so now I only purchase things in like blues or cool toned pinks, cool tone. And I also have a very, I'm very like pale and I have lighter hair. So I purchase things that are typically like in a lighter shade. Like I don't like wearing really dark navies or unless it's like a neutral like black. But like I've learned all these style tips. Mm -hmm. There's lots of good videos on YouTube. Yeah, about it. I would love to learn more about that because mm -hmm. I see myself. I I don't know. I'm a gold jewelry person, mm -hmm. and I think silver looks weird on me. So mm -hmm. whatever that means means what it is. Yeah, and I think like I also like typically if you have cool undertones because cool undertones. Don't um, they say you're supposed to wear silver? Yeah, you're supposed to wear silver, but I just I prefer that's one where I kind of say f it f the rules. Like this is mm -hmm. my style. I like wearing gold, mm -hmm. but. And I mean, you can all you, like yeah, obviously you can, you can do, do it. Everyone want. like it's t just t using this information how you want to. Like I obviously don't like never wear mm -hmm. peach or whatever. It's right. just like in general when I'm buying like a new top, like I'll buy it in a lighter color or something. Mm -hmm. And yeah, but for me, I don't know. I kind of wear quite a plethora mm -hmm. of colors, mm -hmm. but I'm usually reaching for. I mean. Obviously, black, white, whatever. Mm -hmm. White is I mean, my neutrals, favorite. White yeah. is my favorite color to wear. I love Me wearing. too. I love wearing but white. For color, I always do red because mm -hmm. I hear everybody mm -hmm. knows red looks good on everybody yeah. and it's a classic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like I think this has honestly been one of the style tips that has helped me the most, especially when it comes to shopping. Is like when you know what colors and undertones look good on you, it makes shopping so much easier because you know when you buy like a top at like forever 21 and you're like oh i like how this looks or whatever and looks you put on it on rack. and then you put it on and you just look like absolute garbage right and it washes you out and you're like why does this look so bad i mean you could like right now you can kind of go and find your own like colors by just going through your wardrobe and picking out like what are the what things are the that things you think you, like you look wear. the yes. best in like when you take a photo like what do you look the best in because you know you can look at two pictures of yourself wearing like two different colors mm -hmm. and you like almost look like a different person. Mm -hmm. Like, cause like if I wear like a peach kind of top, like a peach color top, I just look so wrong or like yellow. <laughs> I look very wrong in yellow. And it's not to say like, okay, you're, I'm never allowed to wear yellow. It's just like, if I 
want to accentuate what I have. Mm-hmm. It's like then I pick like a blue or like a cooler tone. Like I think yeah, I like, I like the best. wearing like um I don't know like the primary colors. Mm-hmm. Like I really love wearing green. It brings mm-hmm. out my eyes, yeah. but only dark green. Yeah. And um I think I look best in like a light blue, like a pale blue. Mm-hmm. Um or even like a light light pink kind of. Mm-hmm. Cuz it's it's one thing is matching undertones and then another I learned this if you guys want to check it out. Alexandra's girly talk. I love her. Yeah, I love her <laughs> on YouTube. Um, I learned, I watched, I think she has these videos about color and mm-hmm. she talks about how like sh- color is made up of like the, I forget, I'm going to say this wrong, like the hue or something mm-hmm. is like the base color and the shade is how much white or black is added into it. So mm-hmm. like if you have like pure blue, like kind of a cobalt and you add a certain amount of white, you get like a pale blue but if you add a certain amount of black you get a navy mm-hmm. and so she says you can look at a picture of yourself find the base hue which is like your undertone so I would have like like a pink like a cool toned pink and mm-hmm. then you look at how much like for me it'd be how much white is added into that pink to get to my skin tone does okay. this make sense yeah and then you you can wear any color but you just find a shade that has the same amount of white or black added into it that matches oh, your skin tone. So like people with that's like dark like a hot tip. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like people with dark complexions, you could look at like the color you want to wear, like a red, and see how much like black would be added into it, and then maybe wear like a maroon. Yeah. Or you and then she was talking about how like everyone kind of looks okay in like the base hue mm-hmm. kind of I don't know, like her video obviously explains it way better, but Yeah. So I'll that's kind of a that. hot style tip. Mm-hmm. So, um, one thing that, since, you know, we're talking about our admiration for the French women in the world, Mm -hmm. something I wish I had the option of doing in high school would would be taking a French class, like French language, because Mm -hmm. I definitely would have chosen French because of my heritage. And I have always said, even though we don't have that much French in our blood, if people ask me, what's your heritage, I always say French. Yeah, it feels Just, right. It feels right. And my last name, like, our last name is French. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm French. And, like, nobody in, mm-hmm. else in my class said yeah. that. So I was like... To be totally transparent, our dad's side, I think, is where that comes from. And our mom's mm-hmm. side is like Scandinavian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, we always thought it was Norwegian, but apparently it's, like, Swedish. Yeah, which I'm okay Because someone did an ancestry. Maybe we should do an ancestry. We should. That we could reveal it on the pod. But I am afraid about them. They sell your DNA to, like, companies. Or, like, they have the right to. That's fine. But it... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. they have so many. I mean, they probably have it already. Yeah, they've got my fingerprint. Apparently, if your cousin or something even does it, then they can, like, figure out your dna we so. should we should just one of us make and the the, jump. this is kind of nice because only one of us has to do it mm-hmm. i'll do it okay we're doing it look out they for have that my dna whatever it's fine it. then they I have mean, mine too so okay but anyways but, back to the language mm-hmm. i would have definitely picked french but our school only offers spanish which and i don't want to get it because i think at schools where they offer french or spanish people choose french because, and it Spanish. also has to do with like 
the cult, like people think French is like elegant or whatever, mm-hmm. but they think Spanish is like not as like it's. Mm, yeah it's like yeah so we don't want to say like we think spanish is bad right no i after i took spanish for four years and i actually i really love the language and it makes so much more sense than english i will say Mm -hmm. like it actually has structure english is just Mm -hmm. a mess Mm -hmm. but um yeah i definitely would have liked to have the opportunity to explore french at some point Mm -hmm. as well just because, like, even us trying to pronounce those words, we sound foolish. Um, our school, like, back in the day used to also have German. Right. Isn't that kind of cool? Yeah, it is. Schools now, it feels like they only have Spanish or French. Yeah. Which... Language education in American schools is such BS. Yeah, it really is. It's such BS. Like, I have friends, you know, from, like, Europe and stuff who... They learn English from a, like, young age, so now they're bilingual, mm-hmm. like, perfectly. Yeah, and in I'm America, so, that I, like, I'm happen. so envious of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish. Yeah. I don't know, and it's, like, annoying because then you get older and you're like, wow, I wish I could have learned a language, but you're, you were just you're a old. child. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and it's, like, when you're little, it's, like, mm-hmm. how I, w- I really, really wish I knew how to play piano. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I was mm-hmm. little, I was enrolled in piano lessons. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Mom, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And then she finally was like, okay, fine, you don't have to go. And I really, really wish <laughs> I had that skill. But you have a keyboard. Yeah, I do have a keyboard. So I am going to try to learn. Mm-hmm. Because how cool would that be? Mm-hmm. Just, like, I got this. I can just yeah. play you guys a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can play My Heart Will Go On on piano. That's the only song. But I can still read piano music and play it. I can't. Because I also took piano, but... Well, you were a little bit older than me and were in it longer. Yeah. I and didn't totally I... forget. I can show you how to do the okay. basics. Of... I gave John all my piano books, though. <laughs> I can get them back. <laughs> so I don't think he's doing it. <laughs> um, That's going to be my next skill. But that also comes from, like, this whole thing of, like, your parents doing stuff for you. It's, like, such, like, a... It's, like, privilege, kind of, you know? Right. Like, having parents who know to that, like having a bilingual child will have an advantage and like that's different because like I saw a tweet and it's like what are things that are like you know cool if you're rich but like look down upon if you're poor and then one is being bilingual oh I, I you guess because like sense. you know people who grow up bilingual like I don't know from like immigrant families like they're seen as like not cool but like if you're like a rich white person then you go and are bilingual in Spanish or French, then everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh my god. And you can write it on your resume, and they're like, wow. Right, yeah. That's so it's up. also like, you know. <clears throat> um, but a story about me trying to be bilingual, <laughs> <laughs> which I definitely cannot identify mm-hmm. as. Um, so for my Spanish class... Um, Last summer in 2019, we had the opportunity to go to Costa Rica for, um, like, a class trip kind of thing if you wanted to. So, obviously, I wanted to. And so, I signed up to go there, and we were on this group tour. So, it was students from my school. There's probably, like, 15 to 20 of us, so not very many. And then there were some um, students from other schools around the country. So there were people from California, Florida, and Texas. And so 
Um, kind of, they had us do, we had an awesome tour guide named Priscilla. She was awesome, super nice, and, like, was knew perfect English and was, like, translating amazing. And she liked to, I guess, give us some challenges just to kind of do a cultural immersion. And our groups were um, kind of split basically by what state you came with, I guess. Mm -hmm. So from my group, it was just um, some other students from my class. And our challenge was to, we were looking for some sort of traditional dish. I can't remember what it was, but um, so we were supposed to like go into a restaurant and ask if they had this traditional Costa Rican dish. And, um, and the question was in Spanish and we weren't very good. So what we ended up doing was going to a, um, essentially a Walmart and asking for <laughs> soup. Do you guys have soup? So, oh, <laughs> um, so my group, it was just from our small town and nobody really wanted to speak up because nobody was confident in their Spanish skills. So I stepped up and I was like, guys, we have to finish this challenge. And so, um, we went into this, it was like Walmart type of store and we had to find a worker and ask if they had soup, which wasn't, wasn't the actual question. But so we find this guy, he doesn't speak any English whatsoever. So we're, um, basically saying, do you have soup? And he's like, I don't think we were saying it quite right. So he was like really confused, like, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Like, and he was like pointing to the soup aisle. Mm -hmm. And we're like, somebody has a camera on him because we're supposed to oh, <laughs> record oh, it for the group. <laughs> he's like really confused. Recording and my friend, my friend Emily, I remember her saying, because I was trying to say like, where's the soup? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my friend Emily was trying to explain it to him because she was the only other person who tried to help me. Mm -hmm. And I just remember her saying and doing like the hand motions with her, with her hands. She's like, S loco. <laughs> Jeez. Oh no. <laughs> Which means like, it's crazy. But he's, he's like so confused. Oh god. And, you know, I don't blame him. I'm sure if someone was yeah. speaking, trying to speak English to me like so, that. So how many years have you been taking Spanish? Four. <laughs> I've been studying Spanish for four years. You, I could say that now, I think. Tienes, what is soup? I'd be donde, or... I thought you had to say, do you have soup? Where is the soup? Where is the soup? We actually were supposed to ask, do you have, like, some, mm -hmm. I don't know. But it was really rough. And we ended up finding, like, he walked us over and was like, you know, here mm -hmm. you go. But, yeah, I'm really sad that I've, like, forgot all my Spanish. Mm -hmm. well, but it's hard to yeah. keep up with it if you don't, like, actually and, like, talk. high school, like, I feel like, Unless you have, like, a really good program and good teacher and, like, you start early, like, uh, and you have to be interested to learn a language, mm -hmm. too. So, uh, I don't know. I feel like it's the way our system and especially our school taught Spanish, like, it's just, like, not effective because 
And the students have any interest. Yeah. I, yeah, it was just, I don't know, it was kind of hard for me, but the- It's also hard because they start you so late, like Right, we didn't start till eighth grade for me. Like, learning any language is hard when you're not a kid. And especially when you're not interested in doing it, then you right. it's like you're not you're like, actually. Oh, I have to take this required class. Yeah, because like I also took Spanish, I think for five years, and I don't know. S H I T. Yeah. But then you know I've taken Korean for two years, and I, I mean I've like forgotten it since mm-hmm. I kind of graduated. It's hard to. But I know so like, much more. It's really hard. Like I feel like I learned the most on that trip because I was speaking mm-hmm. it to others yeah and like it is part of the curriculum Mm -hmm. but like it's not the same because you do it for one hour a day and we just have these like white ladies teaching like they're not native speakers they're not right they don't they've never or like they're not like from the place like i don't Mm -hmm. love love to my spanish teacher though like right it's not like her fault or anything obviously Mm -hmm. but oh my did you hear my yeah holy (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, I, like I said, I went to Seoul. I studied abroad there. And I didn't know any Korean when I went, which, looking back. You didn't back, know any? Mm-mm. Oh. Well, I learned how to read, the like, Hangul, like, the language, mm-hmm. which is very easy. It's just, like, an alphabet. So, it wasn't, I didn't, and I knew, I think I learned how to say my name. Um, <laughs> but that, that was it, because at my college I was going to, at the time, the only Asian language they had was um, like Mandarin Chinese, so I was taking that. But I, and I was doing Asian studies as a minor, and so I wanted to go like all right. I think for the program you kind of had to study abroad, so I was like kind of deciding where I wanted to go. I wanted to go to Japan, but it was very expensive. Yeah, so. I remember you asking, do you, do you think I should go to Japan or Seoul? And I said yeah. Japan, and you're like, I'm actually not gonna go there. <laughs> Yeah, I, like, originally wanted to because I feel like that's, uh, I don't know. That yes. was what I always liked. I guess I liked some anime and stuff. <laughs> but I was like, I'll go to Japan. I was never really that into, like, Asia stuff. It was just, like, suddenly I was, like, very interested when I got mm-hmm. to college. And then um, I decided to go to Korea because it was, like, cheaper. And then I could, my program had an excursion to Tokyo. So I was like, oh. and then I was also getting into K-pop at that point, And I was, like, watching all these videos of, like, Korean street food. I was like, this looks fun. So mm-hmm. I went to Seoul. Um, but anyways, I didn't know any Korean when I got there except for how to read. Which, it, like, after traveling somewhere where there's, like, a different language. Because that was the first time I ever left the country. So, oh, yeah. So um, now I'm like, how the hell, excuse my language, like, what was I thinking? Like, not knowing any of the language. Thank God for, like, Alina, my friend, who spoke Korean. Because, mm-hmm. like, without her, I would, like, just have been, like, like, so you really, confused. and I mean, some places more than others, you need to know the language, but, and, like, Seoul, you can easily get around without speaking Korean, there's enough English, but you can't, like, make local friends mm-hmm. unless you speak Korean, that's, good. like, uh, unless you meet, like, I An have English two speaker. lovely Korean friends who speak, like, perfect English. And that's why I'm able to, like, I feel like be really close to them because I don't speak Korean. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, when I was, I, one time I was going to a store. It was, like, at the beginning of when I got there. Mm-hmm. So I was just, you know, had a couple weeks of Korean classes because I took Korean 
class while I was there and I went into this store because I this was before I had airpods I had wire headphones from apple and mm -hmm. I needed a dongle to mm -hmm. plug them in you know and I lost my dongle or something so I had to go to this little electronic store and it was probably like 10 p.m I didn't think it would be open but it was on my street where I lived and I went in and I like asked the guy or like I think I just saw a dongle and I was like can I get that and he gave it to me and then I was like paying or whatever and he asked me like in Korean like what country I was from mm -hmm. like I just heard the word like nara which is country and I was like oh my god like I know this word and I just said like you know I'm American in Korean and then he was like oh yeah like we had the like I had this little conversation mm -hmm. and that was like my first kind of like full Korean conversation mm -hmm. that I had had there because you know I didn't know anyone I got there and so I like bought this down I was feeling like top of the world I right. was like oh my it god it feels good when I you can talk that. to somebody in a different language yeah like it's honestly the best feeling yeah. and like you can only get it and that's but I'll finish this story then I'll say this but <laughs> then I walked outside and there's an old man walking by and he like walked right in front of me and farted uh so loud <laughs> <laughs> Like oh, like, just like just on top of the yeah, world. I was literally like about to like burst into song or something, and then he just like farted. <laughs> oh. Oh, that was hilarious, but but yeah, like I've heard or whatever, like you know when you and experienced like when you um, the best way that you learn a language is when you can't default back to your native language mm -hmm. when you have no choice but to you know, make right. it work, which is so hard to kind of recreate that in a classroom setting when yeah. you all speak English natively. Mm -hmm. And also, another. so I think that's actually a really big way to, like, practice a language is yeah. talking to someone who doesn't even know your language yeah. or, like, refuses to speak English or whatever. And then another big part of it is just, like, um, input, like, constantly hearing Korean. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I was there for a year, and then when I went back, I got to join, like, the second year class of Korean, like, when I went, got back to the U.S. to take Korean class. Mm -hmm. So I, like, jumped ahead a whole year just from being there and hearing it all the time. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, like, another really yeah. crucial factor. And you can recreate that mm -hmm. at home by, like, watching movies and listening to podcasts or whatever in the language that you're mm -hmm. trying to learn. Yeah, I think the... Because I was only in Costa Rica for, like, 10 days. And a lot, mm -hmm. for a lot of it, we were, like, exploring the, mm -hmm. I guess, like, jungle type of area, mm -hmm. which was awesome. But, like, what made it memorable and, like, and a really different experience from anywhere else mm -hmm. I've ever been was, like, the feeling of when you talk, even though I didn't talk or communicate with people very much, like, that were native speakers, when I did, mm -hmm. I felt so good I was like mm -hmm. oh my gosh like I can yeah. actually do this and I think like once people and I think in the U.S. people never have that feeling no because no one knows any other language but it really is like and I mean I had countless little moments you know where you're like you and another person who doesn't speak your language you're you're able to figure things out through like mm -hmm. body language and yeah like, and like you're talking both with what trying you know. to help yeah it's yeah. like a really fun feeling mm -hmm. and I think that if maybe in classrooms in the U.S. if if they brought yeah, they in did something like that or... yeah like where people could have this feeling of like oh like I can actually use this language and speak it and it's like 
it, it's like rewarding to be able to talk to someone mm-hmm. like then maybe people would be more interested and I think that's why like because when I was in Spanish you know I never talked to a single person mm-hmm. <laughs> also we live in an area where there's very, very little few, diversity yeah completely white I'll say almost 99 percent mm-hmm. um which is unfortunate yeah um, but so it's probably different for you know other listeners but mm-hmm. in our case I think if we could have actually practiced using the language it would have been mm-hmm. a lot like people would have been a lot more interested yeah for sure well, I guess since we're on the topic of foreign or international <laughs> travel, we'll talk about when we... I love our transitions here. Right. <laughs> um, so um, we'll talk about, was it last summer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, last summer we went to Canada, oh which, God, yes. let me say, God, I wish I was born Canadian. Mm-hmm. I, like, I did have, like... Okay, if you if you know me, you've probably heard me say I really didn't like Toronto. <laughs> that was only because I was wearing really bad shoes the day we walked to the city. Yeah, we were like dumb. Yeah, we were really dumb. So in Toronto, there is um, like these cable cars mm-hmm. that that's used for like public transportation as well as like subways and such, and we didn't know that the cable cars and the subways were, like, connected through the same, like, I guess, like, metro card type mm-hmm. of thing. And so you wanted to go to, like, Little Korea or yeah, something. I heard it was, like, cute. Mm-hmm. And so we walked from, like, I don't know where, probably city center, I would assume, to mm-hmm. Little Korea. I don't know exactly, but it was a really long walk. We ended up walking eight miles that day. Yeah. And the shoes I wore, and we weren't, paper thin. We weren't expecting to walk that much right so it was like we were all very in a bad mood we were going in no itinerary we were being stupid yeah we didn't like plan anything and um you guys all shit on toronto so much because of that trip (laughs) you and my parents well when in reality i really enjoyed toronto there was so much to do it'd be such a nice city to live in i think it would be a great place to live but it's not really a tourist tourist city. city and that's I mean, it's like every That's time okay. we travel, I feel like our parents especially expect everything to have, like, sites. And it's right. like some cities are just, like, where people live. Like, mm-hmm. that's what cities are. Yeah. But my favorite part about that trip and what made me, like, feel so, I don't know, like, like my head was in the clouds, I guess, was <laughs> when, well, this is the part I did research. Mm-hmm. So, um, whatever, I mean, if you know me, you know I love to take like Instagram pictures and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just like that. Mm-hmm. And so um I usually peruse Pinterest and like look for places near where we are mm-hmm. and then search those locations on Instagram mm-hmm. locations and just look at people's photos. Mm-hmm. And somebody posted like a flyer for I don't remember do you remember what the town name was called? Mm-mm. I don't either. But um a flyer for this I guess, small town that did, like, live music in the park every night. And if you know me, you know I hate live music, but this is different. <laughs> and so it was a Bee Gees cover band. Mm-hmm. Chris loves the Bee Gees. I do love the Bee Gees. I love the 70s. And so 
I was like, we've got to go. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up going. I dressed up super cute. Mm-hmm. So did you. It was like the perfect town. I And the town was actually um, like what the TV show Gilmore Girls, what um, Stars Hollow was based off of. And I was like, I felt, I felt alive there. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah, it was very cute. Lots of little like ice cream shops and mm-hmm. little candy stores and bookstores and, and little diners it was, it was like very cute. it was straight out of Gilmore Girls yeah it was and it was so cute and the Bee Gees cover band was playing and like we had to walk a couple blocks away because it was pretty busy for the live music and so we're like on the edge of Main Street walking mm-hmm. in across the bridge and I hear more than a woman playing which is my favorite Bee Gees song mm-hmm. and it was like this is a dream. Heaven. And then we <laughs> we get some ice cream from the ice cream mm-hmm. shop and just listen to the Bee Gees. Yeah. And the sun is setting. Yeah, it's a warm summer fun. day. Mm-hmm. And we took a bunch of pictures. And I was looking back at them the other day. And there was, like, the the Canada flag behind us. And I was mm-hmm. like, I, wow. I want to live here. Yeah. I just had, like, an intrusive memory that Ruby was there. She wasn't. She wasn't. But, like, in no. my mind, it's like that Ruby was there. What the heck? Weird. She was there in spirit. I'm yeah. going to look up what that town was called for mm-hmm. anyone interested. My favorite trip, because we also like going to like movie and TV locations mm-hmm. on our travel. Like we'll be going somewhere for our dad's track meets, which we talked about in episode one. Make sure to go back and listen to that if you haven't. Um, <laughs> but so like when we were in the Seattle area. Oh, yeah. We went out and my fa- one of my favorite shows is Twin Peaks. And we mm-hmm. got to see the, like, filming locations, like the Great Northern Hotel and the... That was really cool. RR Diner. The hotel was, like, really nice, too. Yeah, and, like, we saw... It was very beautiful scenery where they filmed it. it was yeah, so nice. I really liked the look of that place. And the, um, there's a lot of, like, Twin Peaks, um... Like, like the diners that... And there's a lot of know. fans who come and, like, well, we'll say, like, we welcome during, Twin Peaks fans. We went during, like, a convention. Yeah, there was, like, a Twin Peaks festival thing going on. There's lots of locations you could visit. That was super cool to see. Well, also in Seattle, we went to this the filming location of my favorite movie, 10 mm-hmm. Things I Hate About You. Mm-hmm. That was a good trip. Yeah, that was fun. And we got to go into the school. There was, like, nobody around. Yeah, we just, like, entered the school where they and, filmed 10 Things I Hate About You. And we went into the office and we asked the... the office person we were like i'm a big fan of the movie can we walk around she's like yeah no problem and we got mm-hmm. to walk around we're like heath ledger was at the lockers with his mm-hmm. cigarette and where they throw and the we, papers and down. we went out to the field and we saw where yeah, he sang where he song. sang it, that was awesome because i love that movie yeah okay the town in um canada the, the gilmore girls mm-hmm. town is called unionville and it's in ontario Cool. And I captioned my picture feeling like a Gilmore girl. Mm-hmm. Because I Incredible. was. Incredible. Yeah. Also, when we were in Canada, we went to... I mean, if you're a um, Ryan Gosling fan like I am, speaking of mm-hmm. man I love, <laughs> yeah. um, he was born in, like, London, Ontario, and we drove through that, and then um, we ended up going to one of the towns that he mm-hmm. lived in. Like, I was like, Dad, you need to pull the car mm-hmm. over. <laughs> He lived here once. Yeah. So, yeah, we've been on some good ones. It's always like we'll be going to these random locations for my dad's track meets, and then and me and Chris we'll have to, some. yeah, we have to like research what's around and we find, mm-hmm. like, honestly, there's so many 
TV and film locations that you can just, like, go to. Mm-hmm. That are kind of and it makes you feel so starstruck, because you're like, Heath Ledger was on these <laughs> he steps. He walked these floors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I'm having a bit of trouble finding that in Nebraska. Yeah, our next trip. <laughs> I know Children of the Corn was from there, or at least it, it said it was. But, I don't know. We'll see. Might not we be leave tomorrow, so. We're only going for, like, two days, aren't we? Yeah, we'll be gone for. We're treating it like this big vacation well, because it's big for us. because we haven't left the house in months. Yeah, like and summer we usually like do a we lot us- of stuff. Last summer I went to two countries and um, <laughs> four trips, and now this summer is like Nebraska for oh, four days. <laughs> well, should we um, do our next French word? Yeah. Do you want to do a man you love? Um, we could we could do a man we love. Okay, so. Back it up to mm-hmm. Ryan. I <laughs> he'll be the man I love this week. Mm-hmm. So last week was Rob Lowe, mm-hmm. a man that I would highly recommend you look into, specifically 1983. <laughs> um, my I guess I'm kind of going in chronological order for my mm-hmm. personal obsessions because mm-hmm. shortly after my you know love of Rob Lowe, which is everlasting, but mm-hmm. um, then I. I saw La La Land, and, you know, that sent me, and it got Ryan on my mind, and one thing I'll tell you that I tell everybody who I talk about um, Ryan Gosling with is he's an acquired taste, Mm -hmm. because, you know, when I first was getting into, you know, pop culture men, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, the Ryans, who's better, Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Mm -hmm. Gosling, and I was like... Again, me being a very visual person, I, you know, to the naked eye, it's Ryan Reynolds, Mm -hmm. for me at least. And um, then I got to know Ryan through his work. And like we said on the last episode, I really do like actors. Like, that's Mm -hmm. who I tend to gravitate towards Mm -hmm. for the men I love. So, anyways, I saw La La Land. I was hooked. And it was like... One of the only movies I've ever watched that I never wanted to end. Like, I just <laughs> wanted to keep on watching their story. Yeah. And the way he danced in those tap shoes, uh, uh. I loved it. <laughs> like, really, I loved it. And so I went back and watched it with um, one of my friends and then with you in the theater. And then just, I loved it. I watched all the award shows. I was so into it, so into him. And so what do I do when I see a man I love? I spiral into watching everything they've ever been in, Mm -hmm. of course. And so obviously that led me to The Notebook and, like, The Place Beyond the Pines, Mm -hmm. which I think that movie's underrated Mm -hmm. because it has Bradley Cooper in it and Ava Mendes, which is Mm -hmm. his partner. And he's got, like, he's, like, a bad bad boy all covered in tattoos Mm -hmm. and everything. And he's got, like, bleach blonde hair. Mm-hmm. And I really like bleach blonde hair on men. Like, that's, you can tell it's bleach. It's mm-hmm. weird. Like Not I love, natural. Yeah. And, yeah. like, they still have, like, their facial hair. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a, the most random look. But I also love frosted tips, so who knows where yeah. I am. Yeah. Give but... Chris a bottle of bleach and she'll make magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's the man I love for the week. For obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. And I do have a funny story. Mm -hmm. So this was a couple of 
maybe maybe like a year or so after my like really intense phase of him kind of went away mm-hmm. blade runner 2049 came out mm-hmm. and i really wanted to see it so my dad took me and it's like an action sci-fi type of movie and so it's like oh this will be fine like to go to with my dad mm-hmm this is like the weirdest movie ever. Super sexual. <laughs> like, of course. John of loves course. that movie. He likes 2049. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, he wanted the movie poster for it. Well, has he? have you seen it? I haven't seen it. Okay, I'll give you a little synopsis. Oh, I'll give yeah, another, another review. Another crisp review. <laughs> so, um, the first thing I remember is I'm sitting down, just me and my dad. Um, and I don't know what father-daughter relationship is feels comfortable to watch um kind of a nudie sexy movie together with because <laughs> yeah okay so <laughs> we sit down we're watching the movie um first thing i remember is um uh who plays the joker in suicide squad jared leto mm-hmm. okay first thing i remember is ryan walking in to meet up with jared leto mm-hmm. and one thing leads to another and this bag drops from the ceiling <laughs> like a sack like a human-sized sack Mm -hmm. and it's like it's almost like an adult is being born out of this big sack and (laughs) so it comes out of the ceiling this human woman comes out of this sack and like just goes thud onto the floor covered in goo and she's completely naked and like I don't know exactly what's going on here (laughs) and I'm with my dad and you know, we're both sitting silently, like... Have you, know. have you seen any of the Blade Runner films? I have not, but I did do a lot of research on it before, so mm-hmm. I kind of knew the storyline. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so she comes out of the sack, falls, don't really know. It was just really awkward, mm-hmm. and I still haven't forgotten it. And I forgot, like, <laughs> mostly the rest of the movie. But there's another part where... I, does it take place in 2049? Or something. I haven't seen it, but I would assume so. Okay, it's pretty futuristic. So, then at another point in the movie, Ryan ends up with this robot woman, mm. and they make love. And it's like not a robot body; is more like um a hologram. Hmm. So <laughs> it was just it was weird. Something fun to watch with dad. Something really fun to watch with dad, <laughs> and. Yeah, it was unique, but mm. I probably wouldn't recommend that one. It was, like, the weird level of Hotel New Hampshire. <laughs> it was, like, the awkwardness of Hotel New Hampshire that it had. Like, me watching Blade Runner 2049 with my dad felt as awkward as me watching Hotel New Hampshire by myself. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Good analogy. So who's your man you love? Okay, um, My man is also an actor, Andrew Garfield. Ooh! Yeah. I forgot about your phase with him. Yeah, I had an Andrew Garfield phase that followed, like, quickly after my Harry... Like, when I was kind of still in my One Direction fandom, because I used the same Twitter, and I remember I started a hashtag, hashtag Joesandrew. That's our ship name. And Mm -hmm. um, I had my Twitter followers um, kind of make up little stories that we were seen together and whatnot. Um, Oh, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think I saw him in one of the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Uh-huh. Probably the second one at that point. But I'm not totally sure. 
And I think he, he's very he's cute. the hottest Spider-Man that there's ever been. Just gonna put that out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Yeah, I think Tom Holland's my favorite Spider-Man. He's good, but he's not as hot as Andrew Garfield. But, he, but that's kind of why I like him as Spider-Man. But you're right that Andrew Garfield is the hottest one. Mm-hmm. Um, you might stumble into an Andrew Garfield phase if you watch some of his movies. I have had a little, like... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, I watched... The Spider-Man ones, which I don't even like those movies, but right, but you know, you it's just it for him. For him, and um, but the movie I really love him in is The Social Network. Oh, I forgot I, in that. I watched that movie when I was in this phase. I watched that movie probably thirty times, like just watching his parts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I was like mm-hmm. obsessed. I had it like recorded in our TV, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he has like um, like his little quotes from it where he's like um. A lawyer up, asshole, because I'm not coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for everything. And that was hot. And I would say, like, on my Twitter all the time, I would be like, lawyer up, asshole. Mm. And then um, the other one that I would say a lot, this one's um, explicit. So cover. Trigger warning. Cover any little ears. Ruby, don't (laughs) listen to this part. Ruby, cover your ears. It's when he's talking to, like, Jesse Eisenberg playing Mark Zuckerberg. 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 Anyways, that's actually the founder of Twitter. Oh, that's funny. See what I did. But he says. Sorry, my prod is at the cleaners, along with my hoodie and my fuck you flip-flops, you pretentious douchebag. I remember that line. Yeah. Iconic. He just has a lot of great lines. Um, but he was dating Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. And I remember I well, was always like, Oof. We both have Emma Stone men this week because <gasps> we do. her and Ryan mm-hmm. have been in... Mm-hmm. Oh, of course I've watched all these movies. Can we talk about Crazy Stupid Love? <laughs> the Lift. You... Are you kidding? Never seen it. I've seen it probably a million times. <laughs> he Ryan looks so hot. Yeah. In that movie, is does that ha- who else? Steve is in that? Carell. Oh, maybe I have seen it, but I don't remember anything about. It. He like, he's, oh my god, we need to watch it. He's like okay. this. I don't know what he does for work. He's kind of like a bad he, boy, right? He's like a bad boy, like fuck boy type. Mm-hmm. He. So Emma Stone's character is like in law school or whatever, mm-hmm. and he comes into this bar mm-hmm. one night and he looks great. He's in his suit. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, he's seems very arrogant mm-hmm. and like head held high, very mm-hmm. confident. And then he walks up to her and he's like, you know, I've been looking at you across the bar all night. Mm-hmm. And she's like, sorry, no, I don't know what you're talking about, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, well, how about you let me buy you a drink? And like, I don't know. He's super smooth with his yeah. words. Mm-hmm. And then, anyway, she ends up going mm-hmm. back to his house or whatever, mm-hmm. and she's like, what are you going to put your moves on me? And he's like, I don't have any moves except for one. And then he, and she's like, okay, what's that? And he's like, I can do the lift from Dirty Dancing. And she's like, yeah, bet. Mm-hmm. And so then he does it, and he has, like, the most amazing washboard abs in this movie. Wow. He looks so good mm-hmm. and he's like he's like if i was a man i'd want to be that guy yeah can get he mm-hmm. he takes over the room mm-hmm. 
And then they were also in Gangster Squad together, which was also a weird one. But I watched it because he was in it. Mm-hmm. And one scene I remember specifically from it is, I don't remember the plot or anything at all, mm-hmm. but since they're gangsters, there's some sort of penalty mm-hmm. for something. And anyways, they had this man, His he was like, I guess kind of handcuffed or hooked up mm-hmm. to a chain. And there was one chain from his wrist connected to a car on one side, and then one connected to his ankles on the other side, uh. and they rip him apart. <gasps> Ugh, trigger warning that. <laughs> I know. I don't want to hear it. But, you know, I watched Ugh. I watched all Not of Ryan's thinking movies. about it. Well, just Ugh. don't worry about it. I had to see it. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh-huh. anyways, obviously I will do anything and watch anything for the men I love. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Amazing. Um, now, should we do the French word? Yeah, we'll do our French word. Remember, la peace, la peace. everybody. Two kisses. Today mm-hmm. is a fun one. Um, piscine. 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 That's how I pronounce the word. Sure. Um, I'm going to read this whole little paragraph. Um, explanation of the word. Parisians often drink champagne. They know that this bitter, bubbly beverage can be the enemy of social events, especially when paired with, how do you say this, petit four, um, like little foods. Okay. Like little so snack like, foods. Yeah, um, hors d'oeuvres. Eaten to excess to stave off hunger. I can't What? <laughs> Um, yep. And can cause what is known as sewer breath. Ooh. Ooh. So, Parisians invented the concept of a piscine, a swimming pool, which involves drowning a few ice cubes in your champagne. This reduces heartburn and eliminates the bad breath. And best of all, this drink is considered sacrilege by most normal people and thus flatters the snobbery of Parisians. Who love to be known for their bad manners. Huh. So, pissing so is what basically... What exactly does it mean? It's a drink where you put a few ice cubes into your champagne. Sure. Okay. To save off bad breath and because it looks like... <gasps> what is she doing to put it in her champagne? Mm-hmm. So it's... Pissing? Pissing. Pissine. Pissine. <laughs> a little ASMR piscine. Mm-hmm. Really good. <laughs> Do you like that, guys? <laughs> Do you like that? So, we wish you all a... or um, We're sending you all a virtual lapis. Mm-hmm. And hope you enjoy... Um, Chris looks lapis. And we um, wish you all to... Or we challenge you all to... Have a beverage. Um, a piscine. Also, if you want to join us in our exercise challenge, our Parisian yep. we French will be doing exercise. That for the next 30 days. Mm-hmm. Starting now. Starting um, tomorrow morning. Yeah. So by September 5th. Or whatever. We'll just do a month. Yeah. September. We'll do a month. 
5th because we're starting and tomorrow seeing what happens. day our podcast and comes we'll, out. We'll start with this exercise and once I get through reading my books, especially French Women Don't Get Fat, which has a lot of diet tips. Not mm-hmm. like tips and not like a diet, but like, you know, recipes, lifestyle food, lifestyle. I will share those on the pod too and we can um, elevate our eating habits. Yeah, this is all about elevation. So, so and maybe and even our style challenge, like try not mm-hmm. wearing sweatpants, right. dress up when we you go definitely, out. We definitely, definitely, if you're gonna take anything from this episode, yeah, it is watch Crazy Stupid Love and <laughs> check out Alexandra's Girly Talk. On yeah, YouTube. check out Alexandra's. Girly I really Talk. enjoy her channel. Yeah, her I've channel. been subscribed for like five years. Yeah, me too. When she did her little nail tips, and mm-hmm. love her. And finally. Try to elevate your wardrobe mm-hmm. because you don't want to seem rude to others. Yeah, it's rude to not look hot. Exactly. So <laughs> That's like the nude tagline of this podcast. It's rude to not look hot. <laughs> <laughs> says us right now. Yeah, so we look like absolute shit. Um, so with that, we will um, say goodbye. Make sure to follow us on our podcast Instagram. That is at weewepod. Mm-hmm. Um, also our personal Instagram accounts would be Josie Bell Richard and Casey Bell Richard. Mm-hmm. Also, make sure to leave a positive five star review for us on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, it really helps out our pod. Mm-hmm. We don't know how. <laughs> we don't but understand, but that's what they always say on podcasts. They always say it. So, um, also, if you want to like share our pod, like yeah, on your share own with Instagram friends. or whatever, we would appreciate it. Yeah, if you enjoy our, um, you if know, you our enjoy- potting. Yeah. Please recommend. Um, if you have any challenge to anything we say, feel free to like DM us. Yeah, I'd send love us to, a DM. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Maybe even call in and we can have you live on the pod. Yes, <laughs> we can arrange that. Yeah, so shall I say it? You shall. Au revoir. <laughs> that was going to be so loud. <laughs> I guess you are.